combat divas Stomp your left, right, left Combat divas hey. See, I can't do this at home Welcome back to the Combat Divas Podcast. This your girl TG. And your girl Tanisha B. And we are back, 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 back for another episode. <laughs> I'm excited. We are actually in the studio. I'm so today. excited about that. We are rounding off this season of the Combat Divas Podcast, preparing for our next season of, of the Combat Divas Podcast, preparing for book travels and so on and so forth. So we cannot complain. Life is good. We appreciate our uh, sound engineer, Beatbox Entertainment of Chicago, with uh, Mr. Ignant, Ignant, uh, Ron <laughs> on, on the on the ones and twos. They still, we don't say ones and twos, nobody just showed my age. <laughs> like, like, I'm finna go on B Street. I B think, Street. I think you showed your mama's age. Like the ones, the ones <laughs> the and ones twos. And twos. <laughs> yes. I haven't heard that. Wait, what was that? On Juice? <laughs> Well, all my else was a DJ. Yeah, what was that like? Ninety circa ninety what four was that? Before that, probably like, juice like juice, like, like ninety one, ninety two, or something like that. Yeah, it was one of those. So yeah, nah. Whatever, haters <laughs> gonna hate. Anyway, we are happy to be back in the studio, and uh, today we wanted to kind of talk about. Well, we had a few things we bounced back and forth, but this we will be talking about a. Because it's a big section in our book, and we get a lot of questions about, well, you know, what, what should I know before dating somebody in the military? Or when I date women in the military, they typically do this. and Or when I date a man in the military, they typically do that. So we want to either A, dispel any rumors, and B, you know, kind of go down the top things that you should be on the lookout for or know while deciding to get into a committed relationship with either a veteran or active service member? I don't know. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going to be like, look, I'm, I'm a veteran, and to get me, that would be the best thing that ever happened to you. So <laughs> <laughs> You got all the problems. I, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, like the problems, I mean, they're, I mean, they're minimal. And then if you go down the list of it, it's like, whatever. Who's perfect? No one's perfect. That so, brings us I mean, to number one. <laughs> sometimes they're in denial. Like, sometimes we don't know. The problems that we have because we've had them for so long. Honestly, we're living with them. They're normal to us now, but they're not normal yeah. to other people. Because, like, it's people who have either dated us or on the outside looking in have mentioned that we may have problems that we didn't know we had. Well, I feel like the ones that, like, if you date somebody, you're in the military and you date somebody that's in the military, they may know the quirks, but it's not so much as a quirk to where it's a problem because they probably share the same quirk. So they look at it as normal. Yeah. But then dating someone, and I've dated a few people that has not been in the military. It's like, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, what? Like, as far as being in crowds and I'm like in protection mode. So it's like, all right, now I'm blocking out. Okay, mm -hmm. here you go here. Hey, move here. I'm looking above the crowd to see what's, a good space to maneuver through. Right. And I'm thinking that's how people move through the crowds, but actually, actually no. Right. They don't move the fucking crowds like that. They just stand the fuck still. They look all <laughs> lost. They walk in front of you and they stand still. Then I get aggravated. But the civilian that I'm with, it's not aggravated. It's like, huh, it's normal. To yeah. me, it's like, no, it's not normal. It's a threat. It's aggravating to me. <laughs> so, as, as, so, yeah. I that's mean, true. <laughs> 
if you're dating a person that has been deployed, so I think that's a little bit different than a person just uh, serving about four to six years and have not been in a combat zone. So maybe it's it's a little bit different. The quirks are a little bit different, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, not all of them are quirks. It's just things okay. you know you should kind of have on your radar. That's it. I, it's not all bad, you know. No, it's not all bad. They're, they're not bad things or bad people. You just know. You just mentioned the maneuvering around a crowd, and we kind of we talked about uh, somebody who told us their story in our book that they were out on a date with a military guy, and uh, the date was going great. They were in Chicago. Getting ready to go to dinner, mm-hmm. downtown Chicago. Pretty busy down there, mm-hmm. summertime. And they were holding hands, and things were great. And oh, nice. when they was walking, every now and then, he would kind of skip just like, just a little bit while they was walking. <laughs> and she, you know, she noticed it, but it's like maybe he, you know, I don't know, his shoes may be too big. They kept, they coming Damn. untied or whatever. So She went straight to the shoes. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> if you skip it, like, what, what else I'm going to go to? I, I hope it's your shoes. <laughs> What's going on with the skipping? <laughs> So he would skip a bit, like just every now and then, not a lot, just like just a little skip. And he looked down a lot, you know, in between looking up and being very hyper vigilant. Well, obviously, he was just trying to stay in step. So, I mean, yeah, that's the answer, but we know that, right? I but mean, obviously, again, that's not a normal trait that guys have. Like, they're, they're not trying to figure out if them and the person they walk with are walking in time. Like, are we on the same beat as we walk? Nobody cares in real life, but uh-huh. we tend to look at that. Then she said that they was kind of, when they was walking in the street, like you said, he would be on one side of the street and notice that it's getting kind of crowded and would grab her hand a little tightly and just like kind of maneuver. It became an obstacle course. She mm-hmm. was like, I thought, she thought they was going on like a romantic stroll to the restaurant. Uh-huh. And he was like rigorously moving through the crowd like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, move, ah, oh! like aggravated, going through oh, the yeah. crowd, pulling her from one hole to the other. Like he would just strategically see, oh, we can get through like that. Oh, we can get through real good right here. So he kind of like pulled her through the crowd. I wonder, did he get a second date? I feel like it's not all that bad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's still in the beginning. It's still more to this date. <laughs> it's like, is that a second date? So they, they got to the restaurant, you know? Everything's good. Great restaurant. Ambiance is good. Okay. They go okay. walk into the seat. The waitress says, this way. And they go walk into their seat, sit them down. And he's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to sit here. And, she's, and the waitress is like, okay. And uh, dude just started scoping out the place, like looking left, right for, you know, kind of not I mean, social, just kind of looking at first just to make sure everything okay. was cool. Now, we know, you know, he felt uncomfortable with his back probably towards any yeah, any I mean, entry or exit way. Obviously, you know. It, yeah. <laughs> but she did not know that. So she was just like, okay, you know, shit just got real. I don't know if it's a potential threat that I don't know about <laughs> going on, but let me be cool. So she sat there very nicely. You know, paid attention to dinner. They had a great dinner. Everything was lovely. Made it back home. They had some drinks. Everything was good. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a little bow chicka wow wow went on. <laughs> and then they fell asleep. So mm-hmm. she looked over at him like, oh, he's so cute. Look Wait, at him on sleeping. the first date? Yeah. Don't judge, first of all. I mean, I'm just highlighting the first date. It happens. I mean, date. okay, people, people, people that had sex on the first date usually get married. But I digress. Anyway, it sounds I, like personal. That sounds like it was, it was a little. It was a little personal. I know a lot of people who had sex on the first date and got married after that. I don't know. I feel like I don't know that many people. Are you one of those people? Engineer. Anyway, I was gonna tag my engineer, but I, I'm gonna wait. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so yeah, they had sex on the first date. Whatever. Okay. Judgy McJudges and I mean, over I'm here. not. I'm and just. Then, I'm just. I just wanted to point it out. Anyway, yeah, your story. They 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 got they banged on the first date. Okay. She looked over at him, you know, 
after he fell asleep and all that, looks over at him like, oh, he's cute. <laughs> she was going to cuddle up with him a little bit. He grabbed her wrist very tightly and, like, flung it back on the other side of the bed. He didn't open his eyes or nothing, she said. It was just, like, a random. She was like, what the fuck? You know, like, what's going on? And he went. He was still asleep, you know, knocked out. Count sheep and shit. So she's like, know. okay, so this motherfucker is weird. That's the, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Because <laughs> ain't no way I'm trying to cuddle. And he just, like, flung me on the other side. He like, oh, you know, I really don't like people being under me in my sleep. The next day she asked him about it. He didn't even re- remember it, he said. It just happened, you know, just something he do. Now, I can attest to that. Like, I can't touch my husband in his sleep. Because mm-hmm. he will wake up and slap the shit out of me. Like, he he has no sense of surroundings when he's not awake. Oh, my God. So you just don't want to... I'm like that, too. Like, don't jolt me awake. I, I get nervous. Don't then I'm start me. swinging. Yeah, yeah don't, don't shake me. But then don't don't hover over me either to where I wake up and that's what I see. Too. Yeah, Because I can true. feel... I sleep really light. And I think it could be a testament to just me being in the military, but I sleep very light to where certain things just like small noises wake me up. So I can also feel someone like around me too. Yeah. So don't shake me awake. Just kind of like, kind of like do it like a, a slight tap and then step away. Exactly. You got to step away. See, that's the part. You know, you see how we just explained that? That's yeah. not normal. That's not something that people just oh, talk okay. about. Like, once you once you tap me awake, step away. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm like, I, why? Why I'm stepping away? But I feel like you shouldn't shake anybody awake unless it's a fucking fire. If they normal, you could be like, hey, wake up. No, if it's a fire. No, no, no. It has to be an emergency. <laughs> like, wake up See, somebody's in the hospital. Up. Wake up somebody is no. hurt. Wake up is a fucking fire. But if you be like, wake up, wake up, wake up. And shaking me and be like, hey, your your phone's ringing. I mean, I, you ain't shaking them like you're shaking a baby. Just like, I, you shouldn't you shake, shake a baby. baby? You, sh- you never shake a baby. I'm <laughs> oh, my God. Don't shake them like you would shake a baby. Uh, like, the fuck <laughs> the shake of baby commercials I'm talking about. Man. I, okay. But anyway, I said it to say, that's not normal. Okay. Don't say, tap me and then, and then take two steps backwards. I mean, I just feel like, okay. So I might be traumatized. Yeah, it's just something to look out okay. for. I said it to say, it's just a different kind of hypervigilance that sometimes accompanies dating personnel in the military. Okay. So I think when you... When you decide to meet a person and they happen to be in the military, still serving or has served, I think the pertinent questions would be to like, hey, have you deployed? Yeah. And if you've deployed, where did you deploy to? I agree. Because you have some people that's deployed to Germany or you have some people that's deployed to, what's that, Cairo, yeah. uh, Egypt or non um not highly conflict places. Okay. So if you have somebody and you meet someone and they've deployed to Iraq or um, and or Afghanistan because you've been deployed to both and I've been deployed to Iraq twice. So certain questions to ask, um, I mean, just jump right in there. Like, hey, do you suffer from PTSD? Mm. I mean, it's like, why, why prolong it? There's no point in prolong it because that first date, like, the person, you know, the person's story, mm-hmm. the first date, you can see all these, you know, different um, awareness tactics that they took that that you wouldn't t- typically see in a person that hasn't served. Mm-hmm. So it'd be best to ask those questions right off the bat. Like, hey, you know, conversations before the first date. 
So have these intimate okay. conversations before the first date. I like that. Don't be that first time. It's like, hey, would you like to go out sometime? And then you don't speak until that following <laughs> Thursday night and you go out. And now we're getting into the weeds of the conversation. Have these conversations like, hey, so what do you do? And blah, 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 blah. Kind of get true. that warm and fuzzy. And then ask those questions. Yeah. And then be like, well, hey, do you suffer from PTSD? And if they says yes, then it's like, okay, is it something, what are the things that I should know mm-hmm. as far as like uh, when we are, you know, are you okay in crowds? Are you okay with uh, noises? Mm-hmm. Are you okay with, that way you might be able to pick a place that's not very loud, that's not very crowded. Um, if you take a stroll, make sure it's like on a night, maybe it's not heavily crowded. I agree. Um, you're not going to take them to like some place like a fireworks show or anything like that. So you can kind of <laughs> <Right>. like... <laughs> Please don't take it to a fireworks show. You know, kind of like a, a, a smooth date. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. I agree with all that. I think those questions should be asked up front. I think some of the assumptions that shouldn't be made is that, and a lot of younger people make this mistake. Well, I shouldn't say young and old. Mm-hmm. People make this mistake is when they see people in the military, they feel like they got money. So they approach them as though it's a cash cow. You know, this will work out. Man in uniform, got a good pension coming. Woman in uniform, she going to be able to take care of me. And yeah, never, ever get in a relationship with somebody in uniform because you think they got money. I'm tell you one thing. Once the shit start hitting the fan, you don't (laughs) care how much their pension is. I don't care how much their paycheck is on the 1st and the 15th. It's not going to be enough to make you want to stay with them and be in a relationship with that person. And then a lot of times, um, people in the military, I would say starting off, because we all, most of us start off um, young. Yeah. So we're starting at at the earliest 17, uh, all the way up until about, I say, 24 enlisting. You have some circumstances where people, you know, they, they start the military journey at like 25, 26 or whatever, some of them. Right. But for the most part, like those are those golden ages to where they starting at between 17 and like 23 years of age. Right. A lot of us haven't seen that much money at once. Yeah. Some of us. I mean, I mean, some of them are, are fortunate and they, you know, go in and start a country and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, a lot of us join for the education purposes. Mm-hmm. And we're not all that great with our finances. That's true. We see that money and we know that we're going to make a, got to get another check on the 1st and the 15th. <laughs> we're spending that shit. No matter what you do, you're going to get a check on the 1st and the 15th. Period. Right? <laughs> so it's like, damn, okay, I just blew my whole check on the 1st <laughs> on a new uh, a new laptop or these new headphones or mm-hmm. this new phone or this new gadget mm-hmm. or these new clothes or whatever. And... You know, some of us, you know, we not really. So if you jumping in, be like, oh, they got that guap. We, I mean, no. Actually. Yeah, so, some of them just don't know what to do with their money. Like, it's a running joke that guys in the military, they, they buy Camaros or Dodge Challengers off the <laughs> bat for, with a uh, like a 100% APR on that, on that vehicle. Because all the car lots outside of military bases are like those terrible car lots. Like that, yeah. buy here, you can pay once a week. You know, and trust and believe they can they can spot you yeah. from afar, especially since it'd be like that one soldier with a car and by like three or four other soldiers hopping out the backseat of the right. car. And they right. like, oh, we know and you got your little dumbass book bag on and shit. 
walking up and you take still, my money. <laughs> right, y'all walking up damn near in formation and standing step walking up to the goddamn car lot and they like, oh, another sucker is born. Exactly. And they try to take you, you for all you got with that car. Right. 20, 25% to 30% APR markup right. on a car. You be like paying that shit until you a, a, a goddamn <laughs> 10, 10 years in. Right. It, 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 it'd be like a 10 year offer. Like, <laughs> they don't even make them in real life. Like, oh, you, you can pay this over 10 years. Like, really? Like, really? Like, like oh, <laughs> Well, my, my dad told me it's about six. Ah, nah. Nah. Right. We'll get ten. Yeah. Ten. And we can we can take it, we can directly deduct it from your check. Yeah, we can, see, we they, can have it. They try to get your money immediately. So yeah. a lot of them make bad decisions. So remember that before you th- think about settling down with a young soldier, make sure he finan- he or she is financially uh savvy, or if not, get financially savvy together. Not just soldiers, people in general. Just sometimes are not financially savvy. They they don't know what to do with their money. Part of yeah. it is poverty. Growing up, we didn't really learn how to and what to do with money. Like if home economics wasn't about, hey, here's here's how you trade. Here's what the stock market is all about. No, they here's taught you what, how to fucking cook. Yeah, yeah. Home economics is like cooking. Here's how to balance a checkbook and spend money. But it yeah. was like, how do I how do I get the maximum out of out of uh, 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 trading or saving or what's better a CD or savings? Like we never. What's an IRA? What's a four hundred one k? What's the differences? We didn't. Yeah. We didn't know how to save for the future. I feel like people in privileged neighborhoods do get that t- kind of training. Oh, absolutely. But I, my neighborhood I grew up in. I was just happy to pass the Constitution test at, I mean, <laughs> at a young age. in those more privileged zip yeah. codes and those more privileged families, their families are already doing stock trading and shares and yeah. trust funds. Yeah, teach their kids how to save and, money and move money. And yeah. hedge funds. And they're teaching their kids how to move money. They're teaching their kids how to take over their business. On stock, They're doing stock broker, brokering and all these other things that they're doing. So they're teaching that to their kids. And we're catching up. We're trying to catch up. We're trying to learn, like, in our mid to, like, late 20s, early 30s. Right. We're learning about how, like, how a gas bill can affect your credit. Yeah. (laughs) Shit like that. Like, oh, I didn't know it could affect your credit until it affected my credit. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be a day late. Right. Maybe I should pay the shit on time. That's true. Pay the whole amount. Don't pay on it. That's true. And We don't learn a lot about credit. Some Some of us growing up, you know, until... You know, our parents figure it out, and then it's like, hey, I just figured this thing out about credit. Let me teach you. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, no matter what, when you date, especially you date somebody who make, who have not seen that kind of money, as you said, so yeah. quickly, because it's overnight. I mean, you ain't really got to, you wake up on the first, there's a check. You don't even know what you did to get this money, really. Nah. It's just there. And so then you figure out, to increase my money, I can get married. And if I marry somebody, the army will give me, the military will give me more money. No, and, and then, then people get married real quick to strippers and shit. This is how military men and women end up married to strippers. That's man. how. And they get and get stuck for all of their money. Yeah, because A, they saw a cash cow. B, they reciprocally saw a cash Because like, if I marry you, I make more money too. Oh, Not realizing then, that somebody's going to spend more money than the other person. Exactly. And, and for the most part, like starting off early off in your career, you... The chances of you getting deployed is very high. Yeah. So you thinking that you're in love with candy or sugar bear or I'm sugar. I'm in love with a stripper. <laughs> or whatever her goddamn stripper name is. You thinking y'all in love. And then as soon as you get deployed and she has control of all your money and you realize that you come back and you bought a house before you left. You bought furniture yep. and everything's all furnished and then you come back. 
And you're wondering why your house is foreclosed on and Man. the house is empty and your bank account is empty too. Because we didn't see that shit happen. It's happened. We've seen it several times. Like, jeez. I've seen it happen when somebody married a stripper. Like, did, did you really marry a stripper? But He was in love. She in was able love to with clap it. Drop it like it was hot. I know she did a young not pick guy. it up like it was cold. Like man, I know a young home. guy who fell in love with a stripper over that weekend song. Like, mm, what's what's that weekend song? Uh, the weekend. Mm, uh, his first song he came out with. I can't remember that. that. I can't see nobody but you. But the he fell in love with that girl over the song. Like she stripped off that song that the weekend had. And he lost it. Like, oh my God. He was like, take all my money. I don't care. Just, <laughs> just, just be with me. And he fell in love with that girl off that song. So, ended up marrying her. And unfortunately, it wasn't great. And she ran away with all his money. So, uh-huh. just be careful. That's all I'm, I'm saying. In love with and the that, that was better. And that, <laughs> not, that weekend was song was really, it was really seductive. <laughs> oh, uh, is it that song from like, uh, um, what's that? Uh, 50 Shades of Grey. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That oh, song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't think of that. Worth it, like yeah, uh, worth it. Thank you. Yeah. That's what it is. So, or she earns it. Earned or whatever. It, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that song might have been about a stripper. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, was anybody? Know? We gotta we gotta research that. Um, <laughs> but he married her over that. But I said that to say, you know, be careful with marrying for money because it's never worth it in the end. No, it's An- truly not. Another telltale sign, or uh, something to look out for, when you uh, may be in in a committed relationship with a service member, and a lot of caregivers have this problem when the soldier comes back home, is that they are still unraveled, so they take advantage of the situation sometimes. Whether uh, knowingly or unbeknowingly, they take advantage of the situation where they're abusive, over-drinking, over-using any type of substance, uh, taking pills more, just, you know, standoffish, not present, things of that nature. And, you know, sometimes caregivers feel like assholes if they leave them at that point in time because, like, you know, he just got home. I don't want to leave him. But if he don't get help, he or she... Don't get help and start to try to make it work, then, you know, it kind of leave you with zero options. You got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. Yeah, you do have to look out for self. And typically when something like that happens to when your service member, be it male or female, come back home and um, they, you know, entertaining like dangerous activity. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, I mean, I guess it's, it's hard to watch because you know you you love them and you want to be there and you want to support them, but then you also have to have those hard conversations. Chances are that so that service member have seen something really really terrible and they're trying to uh, drink away the dreams or they're trying to snort away the dreams or they're trying to like do dangerous adventures to try to suppress those uh, things that that happened to them. But if they are not willing to get counseling. Because they have to, they, we know when we're doing something at an escalator rate, far as like we, if we wasn't drinking like crazy before we left, well now we, we kind of, we got to wake up and drink or smoke or do something that we wasn't doing beforehand. We know that we probably have a problem, but you have to encourage them to want to get help. But if they don't, like you said, if they, if they don't want to get help, then you also have to look out for yourself, especially if you have children with a service member, 
you have to give them that space to kind of let them realize it on their own when they start to lose things. Yeah. And if they don't want to regain that family back and they want to keep declining, there's nothing that you can really, there's nothing you can really do. There's nothing you can do. I mean, especially it's not an excuse for that person to be abusive in any way. No. Um, and I mean, you definitely know you got to do what's best for you. Know your worth, know what you can take, what you can't handle. And I'm not telling nobody to leave nobody, but just know know what you can and can't handle and know your worth at the end of the day. Because I've seen a lot of service members come back and start beating on their wife and everything like that and calling it, you know, PTSD. Like, what like, you want your wife to do? Just just stand there and take it? Just be a While you try to bag. figure it out? Like, no, that's not, no. That's not right. So... <laughs> At the end of the day, trial and error on my face. Like, what? right. Like, like, that's not, we don't do that. So, as far as that go, no, whoever beating, you know, mm-hmm. not just men, women too, yeah. you know, whoever doing that, you know, you have to know when to hold them, when to, when to hold them, when to fold them. Yes. yes. That's it. That's what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to know that. And on top of that, it's not just, it's not even just the substance abuse and drinking and stuff. It's the standoff, it's just the, you know, being completely disconnected from life, you know, I, I think sometimes when when people come back home, even if they haven't been through a whole lot, when they come back home, they've been insulated in this environment for so long, and then they come back to what's supposed to be normal. But as we we have said on the show before, it's like everything else was muted, and now you coming back trying to figure out where you fit in, right? And there's the displacement little time and transition time where they're not themselves and typically you don't fit in because if you coming back home to a family like you come back home to your wife and the kids or you coming back home to your husband and kids they have a routine they have they have adapted to you not being there so they have a schedule in place for the kids go here and the kids go there and filling in in that time block because they don't have that extra person so when you come home you're trying to figure out where where do i hop in at yeah. But it's like you might want to just baby step it in. But then it's also for that spouse or for that significant other to integrate you into that new plan. Right. To right. baby step you in. You can't just step on the side and just be like, well, you wasn't here. Right. So this is our thing and this is what we do. It's that for them to sit down as a family and have a have the conversation and you know, figure out a new plan. That's true. But then also baby step because that person, that service member haven't been a part of this schedule and a part of this dynamic for over a year. Yeah. So it's like, all right, so we're going to start off kind of like sliding you in on here on this Tuesday and this Thursday is this your day. And then as they get their bearings, then they're able to reintegrate into the family again. I agree. So you just can't be like, well, this is our thing. And you just sitting over here twiddling your thumbs all by yourself. So the whole family is gone and you sitting at home like, what the fuck? That's a good point. Now you drinking. And it's not their fault. But then we resort to like, well, shit, what am I going to do? I'm like, guess I'll go ahead and <laughs> grab a drink. Go ahead and hang out with my drinking. Or go do this or go do that. And then it starts to continue. I agree. Keeping that separation even though you're at home. Totally. I totally agree with that. So, so that is important to just to keep an eye out for it. You know, not saying it happens all the time, but it's good to be on the lookout for it. Another yeah. thing to be on the lookout for, I, I hate to be the one to, to, to say this, but them moms be cheating when they go to, go overseas. <laughs> when people deploy, they start cheating. Now, I've seen this from every area. It ain't just men. It's women, too, be cheating on their spouse. So I be seeing this all the time. Now, here's the question that you want to ask. 
Once they get overseas, if all of if they was a happily married person right before y'all got there, and now all of a sudden they having problems at home, <laughs> they getting ready, they they wife tripping, they separated, <laughs> all they of a sudden, oh they husband tripping, they lying, they lying, cause ain't nobody tripping because they just want to cheat. What happens is you get them <laughs> desert goggles on or beer goggles. The civilians call them, but they desert goggles. You ain't been around regular people in so long. Everybody around you start to look sexy for no reason. Everybody do. It happens to, to the best of us. Mm-hmm. I had desert goggles on at one point. We know your you stock know, go up. Your stock go your up. stock go up because ain't, ain't nobody around you that they still got the value. So then all of a sudden you the most beautiful person on the on the camp. <laughs> now everybody after you, and even you ain't seen your wife, but on Skype. And when you did see on Skype, she might have had flour on her cheek and the babies was crying. You was like, man, man, love, okay, bowling looking kind of cute over there. And that, then boom. Wait, whoa. Um, okay. What? What? Jackson looking kind of cute over okay. there. And I mean, then boom. Somebody. I mean, boom. Yeah, I... It's a whole situation. So they be cheating. So the questions you got to ask is initially, are you in a committed relationship? You got a wife at home or you got a husband at home? And if the answer was yes, when they first got there, all of a sudden, it's a no, no, we separated, no, we going through a rough patch right now. That ain't true, because she at home thinking they happily married, and you over there trying to get some booty. So wrong is wrong. They be cheating. Keep your eye out for them, because I'm going to let you know right now, sometimes they be cheating. They think since they're in a different country and different time zone, and it's the next day over there and the day before over here, they be cheating. I just want you to know. Now, that's my rant. That's your rant? That's my rant. You got to be careful. You have to be careful. I have seen it firsthand. Matter of fact, I almost fell into this trap where I was talking to this guy casually as we was deployed, and he was like he was divorced. I'm like, okay, cool. You divorced. You free to go. We good. Yeah, we nah. casually having conversations. And then found out his S1, was his, his administration person, was a friend of mine, and she was like, girl, you know you married? I'm like, nah, he ain't married because <laughs> he said he was divorced. Nah, nah. He, he not divorced. He he married, married. Like nah, his paperwork say he married. Still get paid as he married. So he married, married. Finally, I asked him. He was like, "Hi, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, so, fam, you gonna let me just have this relationship with you, knowing you married at the crib? I hate it, hate it. So yeah, yeah. Be sure you know what's going they on. They say things like, "Oh no, I'm separated. There's no such thing. Yeah, you either. There's no such and, thing. Uh, in the military, you either married or you not." Yeah, there's no such thing. Are we legally separate? Because when they say they separated, yeah, you, yeah, technically you are. You're here and she's there, or she's here and he's there. Like, no, there is no. Yeah, you're separated, right. but you're not really separated. Exactly. But you're trying to have a whole relationship. Stop but definitely, that. yeah. Uh, those are the questions you want to ask. Either you marry or you not. And if you overseas right now, you're listening because some deployed people listen to this show. And you and I just hit you. Just say ouch. Just be like ouch. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> she no more. I'm cheating on my husband. Got me. Because I mean, it happens so often, and people fall in love so quick overseas because you don't know no. It's just you get blinded by what's going on. You feel like you're just here in this separate society, and this this is life. And you end up cheating and having these serious in depth relationships. Yeah. Until you get home and come and home they ceremony. Fuck up everything. <laughs> they will. They will uh, look. Even if you and your spouse got to understand it, because I was deployed, my first deployment, and um, this female, her and her husband, they had this understanding. So she said. that I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> they shit was tight. They shit was tight when you came back, you know, when they came back home and it was the, the family, um, the family picnic. 
yeah, and yeah, stuff, and yeah. they were good. You know, That's it was what, like what happens overseas stayed overseas, and they had to understand it. However, this other couple that cheated, they didn't have that understanding. Mm-mm. They didn't have that understanding, nor did they have that understanding with that that they uh, battle boo when it was overseas, and they thought it was serious. What's a battle boo? What's a battle boo? So a battle boo is a person that you hook up with when you're deployed overseas. That's okay. your battle boo. That your companion, your your. Kind of like your work wife or your work husband type of situation, but y'all right. just do other things. But your <laughs> your your battle boo, the, right. you basically will hook up with them while deployed. But when you get back home, the chances of you all still having a a thing will be probably slim to like none. It's they it's just a curb small the urge. few that actually hook up overseas. And when they come back home, they actually end up together and Small later on few. get into marriage. So they, I can name they will two, be the, I, I, exactly. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, you know, a couple of buddies that we know for a fact they hooked up overseas and got married yep. when they came back home. So they are the exception. That's true. They are the exception because it's a small number. So they're exception and not the rule. <laughs> right. So when you come back <laughs> and you thinking y'all still got it and you still got stars in your eyes, you got somebody's either wife or husband will make you see real stars. Yeah. Because they will knock you the fuck out. I've seen it yeah. when it came back and it was like, hey, his wife was like, Bitch, what was over there was <laughs> over there. Don't come over Got here him. with that. And they ready to fucking fight. <laughs> and it was it was terrible. It was a bad look. Yeah. But they didn't <laughs> have that understanding. Right. It was finna be a fucking brawl inside this, like, you know, this barn-like place. And it was nice. It was, you know, the music was good. They had good food. And it was, it was about to get ugly. I... You know, I had my mom. I'm like, I didn't have a family at the time. I just had my mom. So mm-hmm. me, my mom, my brother, we just kind of like gathered our plate and was just ready to Charlie Mike, you know, take mission <laughs> home. Just, just kindly leave the place. You know, just kindly leave. But we we did stay for the drama. We just looked and, you know, they, it, it fizzled. But I'm just saying, like, you it can. It happens. You have to have that understanding. Like, I've had situationship or I had a battle boo or whatever oh. when I was deployed. Okay. And the person had a, they were in a relationship. mm it's in the book. I didn't give a. F- I, I, I honestly, I didn't care because what it was, what it was. I wasn't in the relationship. They were. However, I know that it was wrong for that person, and I entertained it with that person. But I mean, shit, everything was cool. They came back home. You know, we came back home. And you was knew like, how to hey. cut it off. I knew how to cut it off. Right. The other person knew how to cut it off. Right. They continued their relationship with their person mm-hmm. and they got married, had a kid, got a whole life or whatever. So, right. I mean, happily ever after-ish or whatever they fucking call it. Some people don't know how to cut it off, though. Some people no. come home and still think this could happen. Like, they uproot their whole lives to try to- Risk it all. They risk it all. <laughs> literally. Like, move from wherever they are to be closer to that person and everything. Ooh. And that person has no- no idea and no intentions of leaving their family, like whatsoever. No, no. matter what lies they fed you overseas, yeah, you know I'm gonna leave my wife, man. <laughs> like as, man. as as he as he caressing your uniform while you overseas. Oh man, I'm a, I'm, I'm as soon as I get home, I want to be with you. As soon as you get home, like I, <laughs> I was just joking. All you did was make your ass <laughs> more accessible. <laughs> That's all you did. They ain't leaving nobody. So instead of them having to travel several hours or wherever you at. To happen to probably take a flight to wherever the fuck you are, 
you just made that way more accessible by yep. being 20 minutes away. Yep. So, hey, that that's my outcome of it. All in all, you know, it's it's a good catch some some of us. I know I know Tanisha is. I know I, I am, mean, you know. I was a good catch. I was a great one. Uh, my I mean, husband got really lucky. <laughs> no, I was just she joking. She good catch and she got caught. I mean, yeah, a lot the of us are good catch. involved with, he was willing to Deal with um, this know, bullshit. Deal with it. <laughs> but he also came with his own mess. Yeah, I was willing to deal with that bullshit too. So, so but but it was like more like game recognized game. That's true. Sense. But we both are in the service, so that's a, yeah. That's that whole mutually so, understanding our our jobs. Type exactly. Thing. Yeah. So my other relationship, it it was not like that. It was like, oh, PTSD. What's that? Yeah. So I had to explain to him what PTSD was. But then he thinking like, well, you were deployed almost, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago or whatever. He was like, your first deployment was, I think at the time, it was over 10 years ago. Mm. So he was like, well, all that stuff happened a long time ago. Like, how is that still affecting you today? Oh, and wow. I'm like, oh, I, wow. it, it does. Like, it could be one minute I'm good and then something can trigger me and now I'm in a depressive state. Yeah, so man. he was trying to understand it, but I think uh, it kind of... It kind of backfired in the sense of it came off as like uh, passive aggressiveness. Yeah, I don't think we don't think about it logically because like we we're still affected by stuff our parents did. We're still affected by things we grew up seeing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like anything, any kind of trauma that we've encountered, uh, whether it be military, whatever, that sticks with us until we can deal with it, until we can figure out how to live with it and move forward. No matter what it is, trauma is yeah. trauma. So, you know, don't see PTSD as a separate kind of trauma uh, than the rest of trauma. Well, like, with they're the all, expiration date. Or with an exp- no trauma has an expiration date. Like, no. you, you have to learn to live with it and deal with it. That's different than just eradicating it from my... It's actually unhealthy to be like, ah, it happened, let me erase it and move on, reinvent myself. Like, because no. sometimes that's just going to creep up on you. It's muscle memory. When you don't know it, yeah. It's muscle memory. Like, you so can't you just suppress it. Sometimes you, you have to... You have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You have to bring it to the surface. You have to deal with it at first at face value and just dissect it and see why it continues to bother you in the way. And you have to just change the way it bothers you. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't keep pushing it down in the bottom of your duffel bag. You can't just keep pretending like it didn't happen because right. it did. Right. And when people are thinking like, oh, this happened X amount, you know, X amount of time ago, it doesn't matter because the trauma that you've been through it kind of starts, it kind of, it messes with your, not your DNA, but it kind of messes with your... Yeah, with your mental. It messes with your mental. Right. It kind of ties into the person that you become. Right. You, so, it's baggage, I mean, at this point. You kind of take it along with you. Yeah. So, and, I mean, this happens to, I hate to say it, this happens <laughs> to men a lot, though. When men are hurt and, and they get their heart broken, and a lot of men have admitted this, they can't... They don't just take that with a grain of salt and be like, oh, and she broke my heart. Chalk that up as a loss. It's like every other woman after that will measure up to whatever that heartbreak was, whatever that hurt was, unless they was mature enough to deal with it. Some yeah. men are. Some men be like just woman haters after that. Like I have seen men turn into complete, nah, fuck them bitches, man. They ain't like, what? Wait, what? Why are you so angry right now at women? Like what happened? Who hurt you? I, yeah, <laughs> like, first exactly. of all. I'd be the first one to be like, hurt so what's you, my dude? And like, why haven't you processed this trauma? <laughs> a lot, I mean, a lot of men look for telltale, time, telltale signs in their new relationship of traces of their old relationship. Like you could say the, 
the most minimal of things. And if it reminds them just a little bit of their ex, it's a trigger. They go the fuck off. And it's just like, look, you got to deal with your ex. <laughs> like, I don't know Man. what happened there. And I know it's it's a, it was small. a lot of hurt. A lot of hurt. <laughs> but men through. have a problem processing that hurt versus... And they have a problem processing hurt in general. I feel like men are slower to process and to reach out and to, you know, get help for whatever whatever their situation is. But they are. think they dealt with it. You can say something as common as, oh, that's what's up. Man, that bitch, you say that shit all the time. You like, whoa, what? <laughs> it could be it's anything. Common. It's a common word. It like, could, what, did, what happened? It could be anything. And I think a lot of men don't know they, they hold on to it. So, I mean, that's something that I always look for, like, who hurt you? First yeah. of all, <laughs> like, like the person, what happened? The person had little traumas about like me. You know, if I wanted to wear a weave, oh, that she always had that shit all over the house. Had bobby pins, had hair See, that, hair. That's had trauma. Hair. That, that, right, like, that's trauma. That is trauma. Whoever like, that dude is, oh he got hurt God. and he couldn't get over. So every little thing you did, he compared it to his ex. That hurt is serious. And Man. me and Carrie hurt differently. Like, that's your barrel in them. It's like a leech. And it's like, be like, let me make my own. You like, got what to you burn say, it out. Like, let me make my own mistakes. <laughs> yeah, let me like, yeah. let me make my own. I can't I can't handle their mistakes and mine because I'm going to make plenty on my own. Man. I don't want to account for theirs to too. Me. It's going to be my unique mistakes. It ain't going to be their mistakes. You know I'm what? It's going to be their mistakes because it's me. Right. I'm not them. Like, hold me accountable for my mistakes. And whatever mistakes she made, please don't hold me accountable for that too because I can't handle both. I can only handle my own. So that's, again, that's trauma. Anytime somebody bring up shit that happened in their old relationship, that's trauma. They should have dealt with that or they need to deal with that before trying to move on with somebody else. And a lot of times that is the problem with moving on in relationships. People haven't dealt with their old relationship yet. So they just bring baggage upon baggage upon baggage upon baggage to a new relationship and it ends up being unhealthy to a place where you can't even, y'all can't even be happy because... We're dealing with four relationships ago. <laughs> so it is important not to jump in a relationship because you do need time to process whatever trauma or whatever badness that happened there so you can move on with a clean slate. Because I hate for somebody to compare me to somebody yeah. else. That drive me crazy. Like, like, you got a clean slate. I'd be like, nah, that shit a little dirty. Like, as soon, soon as I really do something, <laughs> that's what shit Joyce did. Like, who the fuck is Joyce? <laughs> I don't even know Joyce. Like, what happened? You're like, like <laughs> deal with that. Like, God damn it, Sarah. I mean, Janice. Right. right. Wait, See, now, me? now that's now that's the rub. That that'll get that'll get you. That'll get you cut. That'll get me five to ten. Because don't call me another bitch name. First of all, <laughs> the best way to make me go out call me another bitch name because I would go completely off about yeah. that type of situation. Tip, so deal with that. Ass. Yeah. Deal with that. But uh, I tell people this. I ain't gonna already. let that shit go. I, you call. I can't. Man, I am not. I'm, How can you let that go? Hear about, you might want to leave because you're going to hear about that shit for the rest of the night, goddamn night. And I'm like, so what the fuck does she do? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> So now walk me through this shit. I'm waking you up the walk, next day. I want to go. Let's go through the blocks. <laughs> okay, so we finna write a fucking outline. No, get your fucking piece of he paper. Don't, he don't want to talk about it no we more. We finna write it. No, we he finna talk it. about it because <laughs> you just said her fucking name. That's not my name. Right. That's not my middle name. It's not my last name. Whoa. That's not even a pet name. The best way to make so me mad. So we finna talk about it. We finna work through this shit because you don't want to get no fucking therapy and you swear ain't shit wrong with you. Right. And you so. didn't call me Joyce in the middle of an argument. <laughs> like, Joyce, uh, damn it. Ugh. Shit. Like, wait, who? Who? 
<laughs> Who the fuck is Joyce? So, whatever, like, so whatever you was arguing about, all that shit just got shut the fuck down. Now we talking about you and your trauma and you won't deal with and it. And then they don't want to hear that. Man, come on, man, with this with shit. With all this bullshit. <laughs> go That's on, all man. niggas say. Come on, man. Now go on, man. Nah, ain't no also, also, now I'm cheating. Like, nah, at first, <laughs> what? They <laughs> love to escalate shit. Oh, so, so now I ain't shit. Like, what? <laughs> well, no, I mean, now you're projecting. No, nah, no. Nah, now I think we just need to deal with what's going on. So... But that could be for anybody. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> Just saying, and I say this, like, sometimes I do some, you know, I be on Clubhouse every now and then, and this stuff that I always say to people, like, deal with your baggage, baby. Deal with whoever hurt you. Deal with whatever that background stuff was, because I'm telling you, just ruining new shit. Messing with old shit. Yeah, so. unpack, you got baggage, unpack that shit. Take time Toss to do away. that. And that's the healthiest thing you could do for somebody. Yeah. Like, telling me you love me, that's all cool and everything. But the healthiest thing you could do for somebody you love is to heal. Is to work on Absolutely. yourself. Is to make sure you're in a place where you can love them unconditionally without anything else holding you back from just accepting and, and projecting your love on them. That's it. That's all you should be able to do. Period. Shouldn't be no other stuff going on. So, anyway... We digress. <laughs> this, I just dropped that gem on you. Bow. Just drop that on you. <laughs> like so that. let us know what you think. Have you ever dated somebody in the military or any job where the lines were blurred between their home life and their work life? Uh, have you ever been so dated somebody so submerged into their work that you had to figure it out? Let us know what you think. Tanisha B., how can they reach us? You can reach us at our website, CombatDivasPodcast.net. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Combat Divas Podcast and Twitter at Combat Divas Pod 1 for all of the updated information on our book. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter to stay current on special deals and updates. Combat Divas, stomp your left, right, left. Combat Divas.